If you got your Bible this morning, open it up to Luke chapter 7. We're going to get started into uh, uh, the teaching I feel like the Lord has for you guys specifically this morning. We're in the middle of a, a series that, that where we just ask you guys, hey, what's some things that you want to uh, have understanding on or have clarity about what's some things that you want some more knowledge on what's just a message that you would like to hear maybe you've never heard about that before uh, you just want some some deeper stuff so we've we've taken the past few weeks and answered some of those questions or looked at some of those things if you've missed any of those and it's something that you'd be interested in listening to you can go on riverchurchlakecharles.com go under media and any of them that you missed you can watch. Uh, we had several questions that came in that had to do with the subject of faith or the subject of uh, how do I receive from God or how do I move those mountains that Jesus was talking about. Uh, people interested in, in uh, how, how, can, how can I see heaven open over my life. So this morning I want to I talk about amazing Jesus and uh, we know Jesus to be pretty amazing. I mean, I think he's pretty amazing. If, if, if you've been around him, if you've read very much, or if you've, just, if you've ever seen the sunrise, or if, if you've ever been to some spectacular places, have you ever seen anything amazing before? What's something that you've seen that's amazing? Come on, y'all talk back this morning. What, Ray? A child being born. That's a good one, Ray. I didn't even think about that one. That is a good one. That's pretty amazing. It's amazing what a woman can endure. I'll say that. You watch that and you're like, I'm glad I'm not a lady. Yes, ma'am, Miss Mars, what's something you've seen that's amazing? I was 16 at the Grand Canyon. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon before? I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I think I'm going to take my kids. So there's certain things that, that you and I have seen that we would consider amazing. I, I was just watching a show on National Geographic about the largest tree in the world, 379 feet tall. I mean, it's taller than I think they, they said the Empire State Building. Just this massive tree. And me and Noble were sitting there, and I was like, man, that's amazing. And me and my wife, we, we went to Switzerland years ago. Friends of ours were missionaries over there, and I saw the Swiss Alps, and I was like, amazing. Have you ever seen America's Got Talent? Yeah. Chinese people spinning plates. I mean, just like, and the bendy people. Have you all seen the people that can just bend, right? You know, they're like, and now I'm going to get in a mason jar. And uh, <laughs> just like, the stuff they do, and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing, you know, and, and uh, you got the judges there, and old uh, Howard Stern, right, and you're trying to, you're showing America your talent, so all of us have seen some amazing things, and uh, Jesus, we know him to be amazing, how many of y'all think Jesus has seen some amazing things? He, the Bible says, by him, everything was created, and through him, everything exists. In other words, light be, boom. You know, scientists may call it the Big Bang, but whatever. Light be, boom. Jesus was there, right? I mean, he, he fashioned and formed. He said he's carved us in the palm of his hands, and he, he, he created the galaxies and the stars, and, and he measures the oceans and jars. I mean, he has seen some amazing stuff, creation. He was there in all of that. 
And yet I want to I want to uh, show you here where where he gets amazed by us. There's two places in scripture where it says that Jesus was amazed. The only two places where it says that Jesus Christ was amazed. He was there when the Grand Canyon became, or he, he watched the canyon being formed, right? He, he's seen a galaxies and stars, and yet we only have two recorded places in Scripture where Jesus said, now that's amazing. And it comes at the hands of people. So the, 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 the part I want to look at this morning is not just how amazing Jesus is, it's how we can be amazing Jesus ourselves. Because the only two recorded places that we have of Jesus being amazed, he's amazed at individuals. So in other words, we can live a life that's amazing Jesus. I believe that Jesus still, he sits in, the, in heaven and looks over the banisters and, and, and calls to what the Bible calls the, the cloud of witnesses. Your grandma's there, your grandpa, the people that have gone on before you, they're in the cloud of witnesses. Moses and Elisha and Peter and Paul and James and Luke, they're all in the cloud of witnesses. And I believe Jesus still turns in the crowd and says, Moses, look, 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 look at that nine-year-old right there. Look at that. She's amazing. Look at that 46-year-old man right there. He's, he's gone through this, 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 and this. And yet, this is where he's at. Man, that's amazing. So we can live a life, a life that amazes Jesus. So I want to show you the two places in Scripture where Jesus is amazed. The first one's found in Luke chapter 7. And it's a story of a centurion. The, uh, the centurion, I'm, I'll, I'll read verse number 1. And it says, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. And there was a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly. And this servant was sick and about to die. Now some backstory, a centurion just means a Roman soldier, but not just a soldier. This is a Roman that had a hundred people, at least a hundred people under him. He oversaw a, a, a legion of people. The way that he became a commander in the Roman army is because... He was exceptional. He's been through some battles. He's won some, um, he, he's won some, some, I don't want to call them awards, but, but if you've seen Gladiator, this is the guy that's got on the metal and he's got on the leather and he's got on the red thing on his head. And this guy, uh, he, he's, he's fought. He is a warrior. What he is not is a Christian. He's not a Christ follower. He's not a God follower. He doesn't know a bunch of scriptures. He doesn't know a whole lot about the Bible. He has, he's not a Jew. And back then, the, the Romans were, were many times against the Jews. And the Jews were against the Romans. And yet we find here there is this centurion who has no relation to the faith. I mean, I know sometimes God, uh, he sees things in people that we don't always see. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And this centurion, he has a servant. And it says here that this, this servant was dear to him. That, that it was somebody that he valued, but he was about to die. The servant was terminal. I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that's terminal. How many of y'all know terminal can be hopeless? I was just talking to uh, a lady recently whose dad just passed away. And she was telling me actually yesterday. She says, you know, I watched the strongest person that I know just waste away and turn into just a skeleton 
of himself. I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. I watched the same thing my dad, the strongest person I knew, you know. Uh, uh, but, but through a process of time, he just got smaller and smaller. And whenever you're terminal, it can be hopeless. It can suck the faith out of you and make you think, man, I don't know how this thing that's dying can ever make it back. And yet here, this is where we find this centurion. He's got a servant that's terminal. But look, look, look at the next sentence. It says, it says, the centurion heard of Jesus. And he sent elders and, and, he, and he sent some elders of the Jews to Jesus asking him to come and heal his servant. I, I want to look at or I, I want to talk to you this morning about how we can amaze Jesus. How we can have faith that's amazing to him. And the, the first thing if you got your worship God, I gave you some blanks there. Is you got to hear good. If you're going to amaze Jesus... You have to hear good. And whenever I say hear good, I just mean that, that, that what you hear about Jesus has to be louder than what you hear everywhere else. That you can imagine this centurion, he hears from his physicians and from his doctors. He says, I know you really like this servant. And I know he means a lot to you, but we've done everything that we can do for him. We've given him all the medicine. We've prayed to all of our Roman gods. Uh, we've called upon everybody that we can call on. And yet he, he's not doing any better. He's still going to die. But the centurion, he heard about Jesus. And what he heard about Jesus, what must have been louder than what he was hearing everywhere else. He heard something. Maybe he said there's a man from Galilee that, that walked on water, turned water into wine. That, that, that there was a blind man and he's not blind anymore. There's a deaf man. He's not deaf anymore. He heard something about Jesus. And what he heard, it gave him a hope or an expectation that was louder than what he saw. He saw death, right? Whenever he saw his servant, he saw that it wasn't right. But, but, but he heard, he heard about Jesus. The Bible says, Romans chapter 10, it says, faith comes by what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Every person in here, at some point in your life, you heard about Jesus. You heard about the cross. You heard about heaven. You heard about hell. You heard about him dying and conquering death. And whenever you heard about Jesus, immediately faith came into you. Faith for what? Faith for heaven, right? Faith for not having to go to hell. Faith for your sins being washed away. You heard something, and, and, and once you heard it, it became louder than the other voices. But, but the next thing is, you can't just have good hearing, you've got to have good believing. And good believing just means it has to be a belief that's not passive, Passive belief just means that you don't do anything, it has to be an active belief. Once you heard about Jesus, then you had to respond to what you heard. Once this centurion heard, he said, there is a man from Galilee. There's a guy that walks on water. There's a guy that raises the dead. There, there's a guy. He had to not just believe it, but, but his belief had to move him. How many of y'all know that your belief in, in, in Jesus has to move you? Your belief in anything has to move you, right? If you see that pretty girl, right? If you see that pretty girl, how many of how y'all remember, remember the school dance? I mean, I remember how the, how the gym floor, it cracked when you walked across it. I mean, I remember time standing still. You could hear every little moan out of that floor. I believe I can dance with that girl. 
How I many I know you better get your butt over there and ask her to dance? Because if you don't, right, you can have a lot of beliefs and stuff, but, but your good believing is going to have to move to some, to some good doing. Our, our faith in Jesus, what amazes him is not just whenever we believe something, it's whenever we do something. What makes him turn around and, and, and take notice of our faith is whenever we get, we get to do it. So, so this is what he does. It says, he sent elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. Really interesting for a Roman centurion to, to, love, the, to love, love the Jewish people. But he loved and he actually helped somehow build their synagogue. So Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you to come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But, say the word, and my servant will be healed. The third thing you got to have is you got to have good speaking. You, you gotta, the, the voices that you hear about Jesus have to be louder than the other voices. But, but with that should come a belief, but it can't just be a stagnant belief. It has to be a belief that moves you. But now I want you to see what this centurion's words are. I want you to see what, the way he talked or what he said, his response. How many of y'all know our words count? I want you to know that your words matter. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of what? Of your tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, now, now watch this. He says, I didn't consider myself worthy to come to you, but if you say the word, my servant will be healed. In other words, he said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to put any oil on them. You don't have to lay hands on them. You don't have to. If you're just standing at this place, I understand that what you say here will affect something miles away at my house. I understand that the weight that your words carry, that they mean something. And the way that he arrived at this understanding, he says, I'll tell you, he says, he says, I myself am a man under authority. He says, I have soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell this one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was what? Amazed. Well, the only times, one of two times that we see Jesus being amazed. Not at creation, not at all of that stuff that we think is amazing. This is Jesus Christ turning to a centurion who is a Roman. This guy don't know any scriptures. He, 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 doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand the Torah. You know, most Jewish people, they had memorized the first five books of the Bible. How many of y'all know if, if you memorize the first five books of the book, Bible? I would think that was impressive, right? That would be amazing to me. How many of y'all be amazed if somebody could quote the first five books of the Bible? How many of y'all know that just because it's amazing to us, that's not altogether what amazes Jesus? That, that this guy, he probably, he didn't go to church ever, right? He actually prayed to other gods, but he understood the power of his words. He understood and, and that amazed Jesus. He says, I tell my servants what to do and they do it. He understood that his, his words, that they carried his authority. Have you ever been in the military? I was in the military for a few years. 
And uh, I had what was called a drill sergeant. And when the drill sergeant tells you to run, what do you do? Yes, sir, you do. I promise you. I guarantee you, you do. I'll never forget the, the first, whenever I showed up at Fort Leonard Wood, I was so naive. <laughs> oh, gosh. Most of them are. And I remember getting off the bus and I was holding my duffel bag. And then they would make us run and run and run holding this big duffel bag. And, and we would get so tired. And then they'd have us dump all the duffel bag out. And then they'd have us pack the duffel bag up. And then they'd have us dump it back out. And whatever the words that came out of that, guy's, that, that guy said, those words were what we had to respond to, right? They didn't have to use their muscle. Just their words. And this centurion, he, he understood. He says, Jesus, I understand the authority. I understand the power of your words. And your words, they matter. I want you to know every, every person in here, your words, that they matter this morning. If you want to amaze Jesus, you'll amaze him not with how many scriptures you know. You'll, you'll amaze him not with just your church attendance. You'll amaze him with the words that you speak. In the middle of adversity, when things, when things are tough, whenever it looks like the situation's dead, your words in that moment, that they make a, a, big, a big difference. Let, let's finish it. Verse number 9, it says, When he heard this, he was amazed at him. He turned to the crowd. I believe Jesus is still turning to crowds in 7, saying, Look at this person. Look at their faith. It's amazing. He says, I'll tell you, I have not found such great faith even in all of Israel. And then the men who, who, who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I got another scripture I want to give you about. How many how have ever opened up your Bible and it just fell open to, to this verse? And whenever you read it, you're just like, look at that verse. And maybe, maybe you hadn't opened up your Bible in years. How many of y'all remember going to your grandma's? Maybe your, my grandma had one of those big white Bibles. How many of y'all remember those? They weighed like 12 pounds. How many of y'all remember that Bible? And you open it up, it's like... And it had a bunch of color pages in it. How many of y'all remember that, that big giant print, big gnarly Bible? And, and you remember, maybe, maybe you hadn't opened a Bible in a long time, but it just fell open to a passage. I had an experience like that this week. My mother left her Bible at my church... Uh, I mean, at my house. So, so this week, I just, uh, I just opened it up. And uh, it was one of those things. It was like, well, look at that verse right there. And uh, I wanted to give it to you because it, it, she wrote something interesting in the margin. And it's Mark chapter 4, verse number 24. This is Jesus again talking. This is Jesus speaking. It's in red letters. Verse number 24, Jesus said to them, he said, take care what you listen to. He said, take care. What you listen to. He says, you better, if you, you better have good hearing here. Because what you hear, it's going to affect the outcome. He says, take care what you listen to. Because by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And more will be given to you besides. But what jumped out to me is up under that, my mother had written in her not so good handwriting. She don't have very good handwriting, but I could tell what it says. And she wrote, take heed what you hear yourself saying. When no one else hears. Really interesting. 
In other words, the, the, the little nugget of truth that the Lord gave her about that, that verse is the most important conversation you'll ever have is the conversation that you have with yourself. The most important words that you'll ever hear are the words that are coming out of your own mouth. The, the most important conversation that, that you have or that the words that you hear is not what your dad did to you or it's not what, what your, your spouse did to you. Uh, their words are not the words that determine the direction of your life. Their words are not the words that determine the outcome of your life. Your words are the, are the words that carry the weight in your life. Jesus said, Matthew, he says, he says by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. And the centurion, he understood that. He says, it's not what everybody else says. It's not what the doctor says. It's not what, it's not what all of my other helpers are telling me about the servant. He says, my words determine the outcome of this situation. By my words, I'm justified. By my words, I'm condemned. If you look in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, he says, this is Solomon writing. He says, you've been trapped by the words that you said. Who said them? Everybody say me. He says you've been trapped. By the words that you said. You've been ensnared by the words. Of your mouth. In other words. We're, we're, the, the direction of our life is not dependent upon somebody else's words. The direction of our life is dependent upon our words. If we're snared in this life. It's not because of what somebody else said. It's because of what we said. Uh, me and my, my kids yesterday were watching Dr. Oakley. Dr. Oakley on TV is just a, a veterinarian in, in like Alaska. And uh, her, her assignment yesterday was uh, she, had to, she had to go catch a bunch of pigs because they had the mange. Horrible problem. Uh, I'm assuming none of you yesterday had to go, pick, go catch pigs because of the mange. But this lady, she had to go catch pigs because they had the mange. And the way that she would catch these pigs is she, she took a bunch of food, dumped it in there. And as the pigs would come up and they were satisfying their appetite, right? Well, they're eating. They're not paying attention. She had this little uh, snare that she held in her hand. It was only about this long. But whenever they were eating, the, the loop would go around the top of the pig's nose, and she would pull that snare and all of a sudden she had caught that pig. And then she would wrestle that pig and do whatever she wanted to that pig. The pigs are just doing what they naturally are doing and yet they're snared. How many of y'all know that, 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 that whatever we're doing throughout the day, our words still matter? Whenever we're just doing our thing, we're just eating at the cafeteria, or we're hanging on the job, or we're sitting on the couch, we're still, our words, they still carry life, or they carry death. That, that by them we're justified, or by them we're condemned. By, by those words we're trapped, or by those words we're set free. And if, you, if you've been married, how many of y'all know that, that you say the wrong thing, and you get trapped? You can get ensnared. By the words of your mouth. You can say certain things. And then before you know it. You're on the couch. Right? That's where you are now. You're, you're on the couch. That's, 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 those words have gotten you in trouble. How many of your words ever gotten you in trouble before? So your words. They can, they can bring freedom to you. Or they can enslave you. So our words, they matter, they count. In this instance, it was, the, it was the difference between the life of an individual or the death of an individual. 
Joel chapter 3 verse 10, it says, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, what? I'm strong. How many of you have been weak and all you do is just say weak stuff? Me too. How many of you have been, been depressed and all you do is talk about how what? How depressed I am. How many of you have been so stressed and all you do is talk about how what? How stressed I am. And what are you doing? You just ensnare yourself by the words of your mouth. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. That's why the Bible says, hey, we need to learn how to speak life. If you don't like what you have in life, I was always taught, check out what you've been saying. If you don't like what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. Because by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. Our words put us in agreement with people that sometimes we wish that we weren't in agreement with. We get enslaved or trapped. How I many remember that, that time whenever Jesus is on the boat and the storms are crashing and he's sleeping? I remember that. He's sleeping. He's out. And they come down there and they say, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Have you ever felt like that before? You're in the middle of a storm. We're going to die. We're going to die. And Jesus is in the boat, right? He's just sleeping. And then they, they wake him up and he says, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care, Jesus? How many of you ever had that conversation with Jesus before? Don't you care, Jesus? Do you care anything about me, Jesus? Don't you understand and see what I'm going through? You have no concern for my life. They did this to me, and they hurt me, and they harmed me, and they, 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 they. And what does Jesus say? Oh, ye of what? Oh, ye of little faith. He gets up, and what does he use to talk to the storm? His voice, he just says, peace, be still. And it was like, like glass, right? He, he was amazed at, at that, but I assure you, he wasn't amazed at their faith in that instance. No, 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 he's trying to teach him. He says, no, no, your words, you're justified. Your words, you're condemned. If you'll speak that, that's why you got to understand whenever, whenever, he, whenever he came across this centurion who knew nothing. He'd been hanging out with Peter and James and John and Peter and these guys for years. And they were still little faith. And he comes along and he finds a Roman centurion with metal and leather and swords. And this guy, he doesn't know anything about God. And yet he understood authority. He understood the power of words. That's why, never, that's why Jesus was amazed. He says, man, none of the guys I've been working with up until this point, I haven't found anybody that has the faith that this, this guy has. And, and, and if you, nobody would have picked him to be the faith warrior. No, nobody would have picked him to be the one that was so giant in faith. And yet Jesus, he says, I'm amazed at this guy because he's the one that has great faith. Mark 11, chapter 23, verse 24. We're going to see all three of these at work. These next two scriptures I'm going to give you, you're going to see, you're going to see good hearing, you're going to see good believing, and you're going to see good words. And, and if you want to have amazing faith, if you want to have faith that... that that, that moves things, that, that things happen because of your faith. What you hear has got to be louder than everything else. And your, your hearing can't, it can't be passive. It has to be active. It has to move you. I was always taught faith, faith moves God. Faith moves mountains. But faith won't move anything if it won't move you first. 
Faith moves God. Faith moves mountains. But it ain't going to move nothing if it don't move you. And the first part of you it's going to move is your mouth. That'll be the first part. It'll move you to talk different than other people talk. You should sound different than other people sound. Right? You just sound different. This centurion, he just sounded different. Everywhere Jesus went, he just sounded different. That's why they were so amazed. They said, come, come hear this guy. He just sounds different. Jesus, Jesus is speaking here. He says, Mark 11, chapter 22, he says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what? Believe. Everybody say believe. Hear and write. Now we got believing right. He says, you got to believe that those things which he says will be done. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus teaching here on faith. And he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, shall believe in his heart that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Uh, I heard a guy, there's a guy named Kenneth Hagin, who, you know, pastor for like 60 years, and uh, he had read the New Testament, you know. Uh, he, said, he said, at the time that I had this conversation with the Lord, I'd read the New Testament over 150 times. And, uh, I, and the Lord uh, asked me one day, he said, did you ever notice in Mark eleven twenty three that I said the word say three times and the word believe one time? And he says, well, I, I was kind of hurt that I had never noticed that. And I'd read the New Testament that many times. So he says, no, Lord, I never noticed that, that you said the word say three times and the word believe only one time. And he says, well, you'll have to do three times as much teaching people on their speaking than you will on their believing. Because most of us are good believers. How many of y'all know that? Right? That's right. Most of us, we believe. But how many of y'all know we're not always good speakers? We're not always good speakers. But we, we may believe some good stuff, but we're not always speaking good stuff. So he says, you're going to you, you're gonna have to help people to, to understand that their words count. Their words matter. Now I told you that there was two places that amazed Jesus. I'm going to show you the last one. Last verse I'll give you this morning is in Mark chapter 6. Jesus was amazed at the centurion. Let's see where the other place that Jesus was amazed. Mark chapter 6, verse number 1, it says, Jesus left there and he went to his hometown. And he was accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many heard him were what? Amazed. They heard Jesus and they were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. And what is this wisdom that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing. This is where they start to get it wrong. He says. But isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James and Joseph. Judas and Simon. Aren't his, Peter, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to him. A prophet is not without honor. Except in his own hometown. Among his relatives. And in his own home. He could not do any miracles there. Interesting. It's not that he would not. It's not that he didn't want to. Here it actually says. It says Jesus could do no miracles there. Jesus wanted to do some miracles. 
Who wouldn't want to do some miracles in their own hometown, amongst their own friends, among, help their own family? Who wouldn't want to do that? But it says here, it says Jesus couldn't do any miracles there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people to heal them. And he was what? Amazed. The only, the only other time that we see Jesus amazed, except this time he's not amazed at, at great faith. It says he was amazed at their lack of what? Lack of faith. And then Jesus went around teaching. Don't you underline teaching? Because that's the cure. So after that, Jesus left from there and he went around teaching from village to village. What do you think he's teaching them? He's teaching them how to hear right. Teaching them how to believe right. Teaching them how to talk right. How to speak right. He was amazed so, so, so I'll close with this. Every person in here, every day, we either amaze Jesus at our faith or at our lack of faith. Which one are you? Every day, every day, whenever we wake up and by the you know, we have our 24 hours of the day, we go through our life and, and Jesus is either amazed at our faith. Look at that nine-year-old. Look at that 46-year-old. Look at that single mom. Look at that person. Look at that, look at that young lady. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Or he's amazed at our lack of faith. We're waking him up. Don't you care that I'm going to die? Don't you care what they did about me? Don't you care? And he says, have faith in God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, believe in his heart, not doubt. You can have whatsoever you say. If we'll have our faith in God, then I believe that we still, that we're in the amazing Jesus business every day. We just don't realize it. And every day we're either going to amaze him the right way or we're going to amaze him the wrong way. And our words, our believing that people can tell. I mean, I know people watch us. I don't know about you, but I know people, people watch me. People are watching my words. People are watching my believing. My kids when nobody else is looking, I got I to gotta be careful the words that I say. Because the standard that I hold my words to are the standard that I hold my life to. So whenever I'm at home, I have to watch the way I am with my kids. When money's tight or things aren't working right or people aren't, people aren't happy or whatever. I have to watch what I say around my kids, around my wife, around this church. Uh, what we do, it counts. It matters. But I believe that we can live a life where Jesus still looks over. He says, that's amazing. That's amazing. Look at Cassie. That's, that's amazing what, 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 what she's accomplished, what she's doing. Let me bring